Do you find yourself resenting God? Maybe you're sitting there and you just took another pregnancy test and it's negative. Maybe you just got your period after thinking, maybe I'm a day late. Or maybe you are looking down the barrel of 2023 coming to a close and you are so heartbroken that yet again, that desire of your heart to become a mother is still left unfulfilled. One more year is passing and you are not yet pregnant. This resentment can build up over time in our hearts towards God and in our relationship and intimacy with him. And he's our ultimate healer. So if we're allowing that resentment to build, we're missing the healing that he has to offer us. That is what today's episode is going to dive into as we celebrate our Savior's birth today. (laughs) I also want to take an opportunity for us to dive into how to heal any resentment that we might be carrying toward God because of our trying to conceive journey. Let's dive in. Hey friends, welcome to the Waiting Well podcast. I am your host, Courtney Dunker, and you are here because your journey to motherhood has not looked the way that you always imagined. It has held heartbreak, loneliness, and questions like, why me, God? I'm here to remind you that you do not have to walk this road alone. And here we can wait well together. Each week, I will share faith-based encouragement from my own infertility journey, provide information from guest experts on navigating infertility and conceiving, powerful testimonies, and top tips on stewarding your health and emotional well-being through this demanding journey. So if you are ready to take back control of your life, find peace with God, join the in-between spaces, and thrive in your waiting season, then meet me at the well, girl. Grab that warm chocolate chip cookie, a little bit of unicorn juice or iced coffee. We've got some intentional growth to do. Let's get it. I will never forget the year that I took off. I was living in Uruguay with Josh and he was playing basketball down there for a league down in South America. And we were supposed to have the holidays off because we were originally with a team in Argentina. But he did not end up having that off because he got switched and traded over to a team in Uruguay. They did not have the same weeks off, but we had already booked a trip with my family to the Grand Cayman Islands. And so I was like, okay, but I really want to go on this trip and we spent this money. So is it okay if I go? And he was like, yeah, totally fine. So we spent New Year's apart. And I know New Year's is just around the corner and today is Christmas Day. So Merry Christmas, our Savior is born. But I want to dive into that, like kind of the ending of the year and the beginning of a new one, because I do believe it brings up so many really intense emotions, especially on this trying to conceive journey because of this one particular situation that I just so vividly remember. So there I was. I was on vacation with my parents and my brother. We were in the Grand Cayman Islands. It was stunning. And Josh was not with me, which was really weird. But again, we didn't want to waste the money that we had already spent. So I decided to go ahead. I remember going to bed on the 31st that year and just total defeat and resentment and frustration of another year passing and us still not being pregnant. And at this point, I think we were like three to four years into trying to conceive. 
And we still didn't have answers. We still didn't have any forward progress, not one single positive pregnancy test, which I just feel like is so wild to even think about. And there there I was. So the next morning, I remember waking up early before my parents or brother and I just went out to the beach and just wanted to like sit in God's presence and journal, spend time with him. And so I did. And it was like the most beautiful sunrise, like all the beautiful pinks and it's just turquoise water. It was just like the perfect place to kind of have a new beginning. And this new year was starting. And I just remember feeling that resentment kind of melt away as I spent time in his presence, reflected on the things that he had taught me that year, and spent time just basically in his presence and asking him, like, what does he have for this next year? And how can I set expectations for this new year that was approaching without creating a heaviness of an expectation that I had no control over, aka becoming a mom. So becoming a parent was not something I had control over. I couldn't create life, right? And I think sometimes the world will convince us that you can control those things, that there's all kinds of medical help and support that you can do to control and manipulate and create life and whatever. Take that control. But It's interesting, Josh and I were reading in our Advent devotional this morning about the Israelites and how they constantly rejected God as their king. They saw all the neighboring clans and neighboring people groups um, around them that had actual human kings. So they kept rejecting God as good enough for them. And they kept pursuing and building idols, whether it was like a literal idol made out of gold, or it was just praising gods of their neighbors that were just foreign gods. It was like, oh, the god of fertility and the god of this and all these different gods, right? And it was just this reminder that we will build up in our minds these idols or just this worship of control. And I think now in today, like post-Jesus, Jesus came and he was able to eliminate that. So now we have the Holy Spirit. And Josh and I were talking like, why did they keep struggling to trust God? Why did they keep struggling to build a relationship with him and follow him and all these things, right? Because I feel like now with the help of the Holy Spirit, like obviously there's still struggles and God is still working through my heart and changing my heart, refining me. But I don't feel like I'm over here battling between like a golden calf worship and and God. So I don't know, it's a little hard to wrap my head around like them back in that day. Needless to say, we were having that conversation and he was like, obviously the help of the Holy Spirit makes such a difference. Like that's what Jesus left us with. The Holy Spirit to help us navigate and have conviction in our heart. But what our trouble point is, is maybe not so black and white. Like we look at back in the Old Testament and we see these idols in this worship that happened that was so clearly not biblical and against God or a replacement for the one true God. And then we come to society and life today, and we sometimes have a hard time seeing what we're worshiping or what our idols are. And I think control can be one of those areas, especially in our trying to conceive journey, that we really battle worship. We start to worship the control of our cycle, the control of what the doctor tells us, the control of the next trend on TikTok, the control of what our friend said. And we get into this mindset that if I could just figure out the formula that's going to work for me to create a baby, 
I will be okay. It will be okay. I will get pregnant. I will have what I want. And we convince ourselves that control exists within this realm. And it doesn't. And I remember sitting there going into the new year as I was sitting there on the beach. I had these feelings of resentment because another year had passed and I was waking up still not pregnant. I was going into a new year, a new 12 months and just frustrated that again, like if we are going to go through a whole pregnancy, that means I wouldn't even meet my child until like the nine or 10th month month if I got pregnant right then. Obviously, Josh wasn't with me, so that wasn't going to happen. But it was just this, this tension point of wanting to control the year ahead, wanting to find freedom from the resentment I felt. And I think during the holiday season, we become very reflective. We become excited about what's ahead. We start making goals and plans and resolutions as we look into a new year. But it can also make us very discouraged because we can look back at this past year and think and list all the ways that we we were excited last year to go into this year. And now that year has passed and we don't have the very thing that we were hoping and praying for. So we almost have this like resentment or discouragement coming up that is keeping us from growing with the Lord because we're thinking, well, what's the difference? Why will this year be different? How can I have faith that this year is going to be different if I felt that way last year? And this past year has proven to be of no you know, reward of being able to conceive. And so I want to dive into just this topic of resentment towards the Lord, as well as just what it means that Jesus was born today and how we can head into a new year with clean and healthy and biblical expectations of what God might have for us and just take a humble posture as we end a year that may not have gone as we wanted and we begin a new year that we're not really sure how it's going to go. So I want to start with this quote that I found, and I just think it's so powerful. Whatever it is, aggravations, trouble, adversity, irritations, opposition, we have not learned Christ until we have discovered that God's grace is sufficient for every test. And I just feel like that is just so gosh, it feels like just a breath of fresh air flows over you when you think about everything that we go through, including a waiting journey with trying to conceive, is meant to teach us something and meant to be refined. Like we are refined through the fire. We are crushed and broken, but not despaired, right? Like we always have hope. We always have joy. We always have peace. I'm actually working on a special project for you guys right now. So excited about it. But I've just been like really deep in God's word and promises and character of like who he is, who he says he is, how we can transform our feelings and our thoughts, right? And and really make them in alignment no matter what our circumstances, the even if scenario, like even if he never answers that desire of us to become parents, like you can still live with joy and peace. How are we doing that? How do we do that? Well, we have to let go of that resentment, the resentment of God's timeline versus our timeline. Because in our head, we had this expectation, and maybe it was this past year, you had this expectation that this was the year. I remember waking up when I was there on that beach, 
and journaling and being like, this is the year. I know this is the year. And it's so easy to convince ourselves, again, worshiping control that we can somehow manipulate or have this feeling that like, this is it. But sometimes it's not it. And sometimes God's timeline is not our timeline, which means that our will and his will are not in alignment. And that is so hard because when that friction happens, we will either create resentment towards him because we'll convince ourselves he's not good. We'll convince ourselves that he doesn't care. He's not compassionate or merciful or any of the things that he actually is according to God's word if we were to read it. Or we're going to respond to that the opposite and say, okay, there is a reason. I trust God's character over my circumstances or my feelings. And because I trust his character, I know I can be confident that there's a reason that this is not happening the way that I want it to happen, my expectations. So going into the new year, how do we release any resentment we might carry towards God today? Like right now, how do we do that? And then the second question I want to answer is, after we release that resentment, how can we walk into 2024 with a clear mind and heart about the expectations we should have for what God will do through our journey and kind of live in this humble surrender of like, yes, I want to get pregnant and yes, I want this to be the year. But I also, I also have learned how to be in humble surrender of God's timeline over mine and his sovereignty over the situation. So let's kind of dig into some scripture and look at how to release resentment first. I want to point us to Isaiah 53, 3 through 4. And this is so perfect because it's Christmas Day when this goes live. And it talks about, well, obviously, like it's Jesus's birth, right? And so what does Jesus mean for us having any kind of resentment? It means that we have a Savior who can understand, relate, and has experienced what we have experienced, our feelings that we've experienced. He is able to fully understand and comprehend what we're going through. Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who has been tested in every respect as we are, but without sinning. And then if we pull up Isaiah 53, 3-4, he was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised, and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. I think the key to releasing resentment is Jesus. And I know that's such a Bible school answer, but it truly is like really understanding the person of Jesus, the life of Jesus. If we look back, what today represents is that we, it was the beginning of a new freedom that people had not experienced before. Like obviously they could have experienced God, but they couldn't experience freedom from their feelings, joy and peace in all circumstances. Like that is something that Jesus brought into our life through his birth, life, and death and resurrection. So if we kind of look through scripture, I think one of my favorite things about Jesus's life is that 
he too also had prayer requests that were denied by God. In Luke 22, 41 through 42, it says that he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. We have a savior that was born in a manger and that he came as a baby to this earth, put on flesh. That's our God. That's our God that loved us that much. The compassion, the mercy, the ability to sympathize with us. That is the goodness of our God. What today represents the birth of Jesus Christ? Because when he came, he came to give his life, to live as a human lives. He was praying in the garden and asking the Lord to pass this cup from him if it was God's will. He didn't, he, he like his flesh didn't want to go through the crucifixion because he was fully human and he understood what that, what that was going to represent, but he was submissive to the will. And so for us to sit here and say, Lord, because you have denied my prayer request for a baby, I resent you. I am angry at you. Then we don't know Jesus. We don't know the gift that God has given us through Jesus Christ. And because we're choosing to focus on ourself and our own pain and suffering, instead of looking to the healing that he has offered us, which is his goodness, like we are just so quick to define his goodness by how he answers our prayer requests as we go throughout this life. But that was never the promise. That was never the foundation of his goodness. The foundation of his goodness is literally Jesus Christ, what he did to change our destiny of going straight to hell for the sinful humans that we are. Like that's his goodness. His goodness is to put on flesh, to send his one and only son, to put on flesh, to live with the feelings that we live with today, to walk the human life that we walk and to know what it's like to have those prayer requests be denied. So you cannot sit there and end this year and say that he doesn't understand or he's not good, or allow resentment to stay because it's built off of a false reality that you're convincing yourself that he doesn't understand, that he could never understand, that he's not good. And that's a false reality according to scripture. According to scripture, he too prayed to God the Father. He too had his prayers denied. He asked for that cup to be removed from him before his crucifixion. And do you know what God said? He said, no, this is my will for you to go through so that a greater grace can exist so that we can love them, so we can heal them, so that you and I sitting here in 2023 as we end the year and you're sitting there in pain and suffering because it's one more year that you are not holding your baby, he can say, I know, I know the pain, I know the suffering, I know the heartache, I know the grief. I know what it is like, my beautiful daughter, to not have that prayer that you have prayed all year come to be answered. I know. I know. Let me hold you. Let me do the one thing that I can do in your life to transform how you're feeling. Because I do know, I can hold you and I can heal you and I can provide comfort and joy and peace in a way that you cannot experience without me having gone to the cross. 
So that's how we get rid of resentment. We have to understand that Christmas Day represents the birth of our Savior. And that Savior walked our shoes. He was rejected. He was despised. He was hated at times. He was also worshipped at times, right? We have our good moments too, don't we? But you know what? He understands. He understands what it's like to hurt because you keep praying the same thing over and over again. And God did not choose to answer your prayer the way that you hope. He understands that. It says in the New Testament that Jesus was praying so hard that prayer that he was literally sweating blood. I've never prayed that hard for a baby. But he knows that feeling. And yet, he was able to surrender his will to the fathers and say, your will be done. Because he knew that God's will, that God's perfect vision and perfect sovereignty and perfect goodness, like his, his essence is good. He can't deny himself, his love for us. He can't deny that. So whatever he has, whatever his time, however building your family is going to look like for you, whether it is through conceiving in your own body or it's not, and you become a parent through another avenue, adoption or whatever, whatever option God has for your family, we know that it's always going to be working together for our good, that he is going to show his goodness and the evidence of his love through that story. So as we release that resentment and we head into 2024, how do we set expectations that are healthy and biblical? I think ultimately our end goal here on earth is Lord, let me be faithful to the calling of which you've put on my heart and my life. God has a purpose for each one of us. And I do believe if you have the desire to be a mom, that's a part of that purpose. But that's not the end destination. The end destination is to glorify his name, to make disciples, to share our testimony, and to share that love that we get to experience, that healing that we get to experience as a result of what Jesus' birth means. So as we head into 2024, instead of saying like, hey, the resolution is that we have a baby, right? Like that's our resolution. That's our expectation. Maybe remove that expectation from God and say, just like Jesus did here, not my will, but yours be done, God. Maybe that's your resolution is saying, God, this year is about surrendering. To understand, going back to that original quote that I shared at the beginning, That your grace, when we understand that your grace is fully sufficient in all circumstances, and that's all we need to live and have joy and peace, and we don't need to have this, you know, idea of what life should look like to be good. If we can walk in that way and be faithful to that calling this year, that is success for 2024. And then that opens up your hands to just like palms up, fingers splayed out, and your palms are just facing the Lord and you just have your hands up and facing him just like open and ready to receive what he has for you. Because the fact is that he could have a baby for you this year. 
he could have growing your family in the agenda for 2024. We don't know. But when you're in that humble place of surrender and just be like, Lord, let me, help me be faithful to your will, not mine. He can fill our hands in a way that is so, oh, so beautiful and so overwhelming compared to when we have a closed fist trying to hold tight and white knuckle the vision that we have for 2024 and the idea of our family being created. We can't let go of that. It doesn't open up the door for him to do the miraculous. It doesn't open up the door for him to do something so beautiful and so powerful that you can only look at it and be like, only God can do that. Only God did that. So as you walk into 2024, as we leave you know, the day of Jesus' birth and we continue to walk with him, let's remind ourselves that the resolution we should be chasing is to be faithful to Jesus' will over ours, to walk in surrender and taking every thought captive. Taking every thought captive so that we can have peace and joy this year, no matter how it ends. When we are sitting right here in the same spot in a year has gone by, 12 months have passed, whether you are pregnant, you've already had your baby, or you are like still not yet there. I want you to be able to say 2024 was a beautiful year because I walked with my hands open, facing the Lord in humble surrender. I released control and I released the worship of control to my fertility journey. And I asked God to fill my hands with what he felt was necessary, what he felt our family story should be. And this is what it brought. This is what it brought. And we have open hands and we were able to receive what he had for us. And that is success. And that is a year well lived, a year in surrender that is glorifying to him because it's choosing to obey and be intentional and in surrender to him, just like Jesus did when he was praying in the garden. That's my encouragement for us. If you are still struggling to take every thought captive and you feel like this was really eye-opening for you in ways that you have been just struggling with your thoughts and struggling with your feelings and you're like, okay, I, I hear you, Court, but just I still have this resentment. I still have these thoughts and it's just like this daily battle. You can sign up for my fertility masterclass. It's linked down below. It's taking every thought captive, thriving in your infertility and TTC journey. That class will help you with tangible tools and resources on how to live that out every single day. I go through this journal prompt that really transformed my journey and allowed me to start kind of being proactive and taking my thoughts captive and making them obedient to scripture. So if you want to take that a step further, there's a link down there to purchase that class. You'll have access to it right away and you can go through it right away. And I truly believe if you implement those steps that I talk about in the class, you will start seeing so much transformation and spiritual growth because you are truly acting on what God has called us to do, which is to take every thought captive. It's an action. Thank you guys for tuning in this week. I hope you have a merry, merry Christmas. And I cannot wait to walk with you through the next year. 
I am so glad that you chose to meet me at the well today. If this episode inspired you, changed you, or blessed you in some way, I would love for you to do one of two things. First, head to Apple Podcasts at that link below and leave a review. And second, screenshot this episode and share it in your stories, tagging me at Sewn With Strength or text it on over to a friend that this episode might bless. These are the number one ways to thank me. I am truly so grateful to be building out this community and I cannot wait to see you on the next episode. Until then, go get a workout done for me and I will see you right back here at the Waiting Well Podcast.